My brothers and sisters in the Lord, today we celebrate a special liturgy known as Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> and for some of you, anything I say today is not going to matter because all you're thinking about is football. I'll tell you a little story. There was a man who had purchased tickets for today's Super Bowl, and he was very, very excited. There was only one problem. He was engaged, and his fiance decided that she wanted a Sunday wedding. So she booked it for today. Now, he paid a lot of money for these tickets, but the wedding was already booked, and the catering and everything else. And so what is the man going to do? He wouldn't be able to take advantage of this particular situation. So if you want to go and help him out, here is the relevant information. St. Joseph Church in New York City, 5 p.m. Eastern. The girl's name is Rose, and she'll be in a white dress. <laughs> He's going to the Super Bowl. My brothers and sisters in the Lord, today in the Gospel, we have this wonderful encounter of Jesus with these many individuals, and one of the first individuals is Peter's mother-in-law. And upon healing his mother-in-law, you see this image in the gospel in which all the individuals in the town are flocking towards Jesus, bringing their ill and their sick and those who are oppressed by demons and spirits, and they're all coming to Jesus. In fact, we have an interesting line in the gospel where the evangelist St. Mark writes, the whole town was gathered at his door. The whole town was gathered at his door. My brothers and sisters, this, this is an example of a first century flash mob. They all gathered at his door. No tweets, no Facebook, no Snapchat or Instagram, all by the word of mouth. <coughs> Why? Because they wanted to see Jesus. Who is that man? And upon all these individuals coming and Jesus curing many individuals, early the next morning, he goes off to a deserted place in order to pray. Which is very important, my brothers and sisters, because no matter how busy our schedule may be, no matter what's going on in our life, Jesus points to the importance of having that solitude, that quiet time in prayer. And there he is in prayer, and then the disciples are looking for him. You may have had this experience, my friends. Maybe you were in prayer, you were doing something else that you were really enjoying doing, and you were having this great time, and these people are just looking for me. And sometimes we want to say in our humanness, leave me alone. And what do they say? Simon and those who were with him pursued him. And on finding Jesus, they said, everyone is looking for you. My brothers and sisters, I find that is a profound line in sacred scripture. Everyone is looking for you because I firmly believe that whether or not people are willing to admit it or not, whether or not they believe it or not, I firmly believe that everyone is looking for Jesus. They may not know it, they may not believe it, 
They may not know who they're looking for or what they're looking for, but deep down, my brothers and sisters, everyone is looking for Jesus. As St. Augustine writes, our heart is restless, O God, until it rests in you. There is this inner desire to be in communion with our God, to be in a relationship with Jesus. All of us, my friends, are looking for him. Why? Because you see, my brothers and sisters, it's only the Lord Jesus who truly brings meaning to our life. Only the Lord Jesus. And I believe, my brothers and sisters, that is why in our society we have so many people who just do not know where to turn. We have so many people who are depressed, who are anxious, who are fearful, we have so many people that the weight of the world is crushing them because they're looking for meaning. They're searching for meaning and they don't know where to go. But as believers, my brothers and sisters, we know that everything is founded in the Lord Jesus. What does the old Baltimore Catechism say for those of you who are the older generation? Why did God create us? to know him, to love him, to serve him in this life so we may be happy with him in the next. There is meaning. And if we believe it, my brothers and sisters, then we can be truly fulfilled. But so many people take the approach, as one historian once wrote, that history is only one darn thing after another. But if you have that approach, my brothers and sisters, then nothing has meaning in life. Love doesn't have meaning. Sorrow doesn't have meaning. Joy doesn't have meaning. Because we're not in relationship with our God. And that is so very important, my brothers and sisters. I like to use this story that was once told to me. Think of it as a couple who were driving on a Sunday drive, and it was sort of a you know, deserted place. They were going kind of in the country, not a whole lot of people. So they stopped for gas at this little gas station in the country. And the husband's filling up. Now, for those of you who are a little bit older, and even myself, when I first started to drive, I remember the days when the gas cap wasn't attached to the car, where you could take it off and you usually put it on top of the um, service station machine or on top of your car and then you put it on. Eventually, the automaker wised up to this, and so they attached it for us, because we're not responsible. But these were the days before all of that. So he took off the gas cap, he put it on top of his car, he filled his tank, and he got in, and he left. And as he was driving, he realized, like I realized one time, he left the gas cap on the top of the car. And so he knew, of course, driving away, the gas cap is not going to be there as he was going 65 miles an hour down this highway. But he thought to himself, he said, you know what? I bet other people have done this. This is the only gas station around for miles. And if I look on the side of the road, I might not find my gas cap, but I might find a gas cap, and it might fit. And so he went back, and sure enough, he found a gas cap. It wasn't his gas cap, but it looked pretty nice. And he put it in, and it fit, and he even turned it, and it clicked. 
and it locked. And he got in the car and he told us why he found an even better gas cap. Because not only this one fit, but it clicked and it locked. And she looked at him with this horror on her face. Because certainly they didn't have the key. It was someone else's gas cap. My brothers and sisters, sometimes the meaning of life for many of us Unfortunately, in our world today, it's sort of locked behind that gas cap, and we're all searching for the key. And the only key, my brothers and sisters, is the Lord Jesus. As he says in the gospel, I am the door or the gateway for the sheep. I am the sheep gate. But we're searching in all the wrong places. And that's why we have so many difficulties because we're not in relationship with God who ultimately and only gives life its meaning. A little non-fictional story. Excuse me. Actually, this would probably be fiction. A man went to visit a classmate of his from college up north, and they were living in Connecticut. And so this man had his wife and his nice young family, and the family had a dog. And the dog was a beautiful greyhound. And the family had gotten the dog from Florida. It was a racing dog, but now it was the family's pet. And so they were having this wonderful conversation after dinner, and so the husband and wife said to their friend, Excuse us, we need to go and put the children to bed. The little ones to bed. So they went off, and so here was the man with the dog, and the man, let's call him Fred. And so while Fred is sitting there looking at the dog, the dog looks at him and says, Hey, Fred, ever been to Connecticut before? He said, Yes, I've been to Connecticut before. I went to school here. Oh, he said, Great, that's wonderful. The man said back to the dog, Well, I hear you're from Florida. And the dog said, yes, I'm from Miami. I used to run the track down there. And so the man said, well, I guess you came here to Connecticut in order to retire. And the dog said, I didn't come to retire. He said, let me tell you what happened. He said, one day I was running around that track. And I ran around that track almost seven days a week, around and around and around. And I was chasing after that rabbit that was going around and around and around. But you know what happened one day? One day I got close enough to that rabbit and I realized that rabbit was a frog. It was a fake rabbit that was going around that track. I realized that I was chasing a fake rabbit. So I didn't retire. I quit. <laughs> My friends, how many times in life are we chasing the fake rabbit? We're chasing all the things we think are important, all the things in our life, all the things the world says is important, but none of it gives us meaning because none of it is grounded in our God. Only the Lord Jesus can give life meaning and can transform it. That's why upon when Jesus is told, everyone is looking for you, what does he say? He said to them, let us go to the nearby villages so I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. To bring 
other individuals, to bring greater numbers of individuals the message of the gospel. We must keep on going. You see, my brothers and sisters, the call of God in our life is that the living word of God continues to be proclaimed, and you and I are enriched by that word. Because the key to all of this, if life is, that, if, if life is locked behind that gas tank, the key to all of it is Jesus. And unless we believe that, and live that out, my friends. Life doesn't have meaning. A man by the name of Jack Casey had a very hard childhood. And as he was growing up, he came from a household that had an alcoholic father, a mother that was in denial. But as a young boy, he had to have surgery. He remembered when he had surgery, he was very, very frightened. But a nurse came in, and she sat at that bed, and she held his hand. He was like maybe six or seven years old, a young boy. And she told, he told the nurse how frightened he was, and the nurse said to him, Jack, I am not going to leave you. I'm going to sit here and hold your hand, and when you wake up, I will be there. And she did, and he went into surgery. And after the anesthesia wore off, the first person he saw was that nurse. Jack grew up to be a paramedic. He was on the scene one day of a man who was pinned under his truck and had flipped over. And so while the firefighters were trying to remove the man from the truck, Jack rushed in and he held the man's hand. And he said, I'm not going to leave you. It's going to be okay. And as he said that, the gas tank began to leak. And Jack and the man began to be covered in gas. It was all around. And the man said to Jack, you need to go. Because this could blow up at any time. And Jack said, I am not going to leave you. I am here for you. And eventually, they got the man out. Later on, the man survived. And he said to Jack in the hospital, why did you stay? We both could have been blown to pieces. And the, Jack said to the man, because... I could not leave you. My brothers and sisters, that's what Jesus says to us. I cannot leave you. I will not leave you. I am the vine. You are the branches. You see, my friends, if this life is to make any sense, if it has any meaning at all, our joys, our sorrows, our hopes, our disappointments, Whatever it may be, it's only found in the person of Jesus.